Okay, this is day 15. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16, Hagar and Ishmael. Abram's wife Sarai had not borne any children for him, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Sarai said to Abram, Since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, perhaps through her I can build a family. And Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So Abram's wife Sarai took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as a wife for him. This happened after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan ten years. He slept with Hagar, and she became pregnant. When she saw that she was pregnant, her mistress became contemptible to her. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and when she saw that she was pregnant, I became contemptible to her. May the Lord judge between me and you. Abram replied to Sarai, Here, your slave is your hands. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarai mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She replied, I'm running away from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her authority. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your offspring, and they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, You have conceived and will have a son. You will name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard your cry of affliction. This man will be like a wild donkey. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. He will settle near all his relatives. So she named the Lord who spoke to her, You are Elroy. For she said, In this place have I actually seen the one who sees me? That is why the well is called Bir Lahai Roy. It is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave birth to Abram's son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. Now let's turn to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, the tradition of the elders. Then Jesus was approached by Pharisees and scribes from Jerusalem who asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, Why do you break God's commandments because of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother. And whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, whoever tells his father or mother, whatever benefit you might have received from me is a gift committed to the temple. He does not have to honor his father. In this way, you have nullified the word of God 
because of your tradition. Hypocrites! Isaiah prophesied correctly about you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines human commands. Defilement is from within. Summoning the crowd, he told them, Listen and understand. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Then the disciples came up and told him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father didn't plant will be uprooted. Leave them alone. They are blind guides, and if the blind guide the blind, both will fall into a pit. Then Peter said, Explain this parable to us. Do you still lack understanding? He asked. Don't you realize that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart, and this defiles a person. For from the heart comes evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, slander. These are the things that defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile a person. A Gentile Mother's Faith When Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from the region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. Jesus did not say a word to her. His disciples approached him and urged him, Send her away because she's crying out after us. He replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came, knelt before him, and said, Lord, help me. He answered, It isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus replied to her, Woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was healed. Healing Many People Moving on from there, Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee. He went up on a mountain and sat there. And large crowds came to him, including the lame, the blind, the crippled, those unable to speak, and many others. They put them at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowd was amazed when they saw those unable to speak talking, the crippled restored, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they gave glory to the God of Israel. Feeding the Four Thousand Jesus called his disciples and said, I have compassion on the crowd, because they've already stayed with me three days and have nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry, otherwise they might collapse on the way. The disciples said to him, Where could we get enough bread on this desolate place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked them. Seven, they said, and a few small fish. After commanding the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. They collected the leftover pieces, 
seven large baskets full. Now there were four thousand men who had eaten, besides women and children. After dismissing the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. Now let's flip back to Nehemiah chapter 5. Nehemiah chapter 5, Social Injustice. There was a widespread outcry from the people and their wives against their Jewish countrymen. Some were saying, We, our sons and our daughters, are numerous. Let us get grain so that we can eat and live. Others were saying, We are mortgaging our fields, vineyards, and homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, We have borrowed money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. We and our children are just like our countrymen and their children, yet we are subjecting our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters are already enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and vineyards belong to others. I became extremely angry when I heard their outcry and these complaints. After seriously considering the matter, I accused the nobles and officials, saying to them, Each of you is charging his countrymen interest. So I called a large assembly against them and said, We have done our best to buy back our Jewish countrymen who were sold to foreigners, but now you sell your own countrymen and we have to buy them back. They remained silent and could not say a word. Then I said, What you are doing isn't right. Shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God and not invite reproach for our foreign enemies? Even I, as well as my brothers and my servants, have been lending them money and grain. Please let us stop charging this interest. Return their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses to them immediately, along with the percentage of the money, grain, new wine, and fresh oil that you have been assessing them. They responded, We will return these things and require nothing more from them. We will do as you say. So I summoned the priests and made everyone take an oath to do this. I also shook the folds of my robe and said, May God likewise shake from his house and property everyone who doesn't keep this promise. May he be shaken out and have nothing. The whole assembly said, Amen, and they praised the Lord. Then the people did as they had promised. Good and bad governors. Furthermore, from the day King Artaxerxes appointed me to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the twentieth year until his thirty-second year, twelve years, I and my associates never ate from the food allotted to the governor. The governors who preceded me had heavily burdened the people, taking from them food and wine as well as pound of silver. Their subordinates also oppressed the people, but because of the fear of God, I didn't do this. Instead, I devoted myself to the construction of this wall, and all my subordinates were gathered there for the work. We didn't buy any land. There were 150 Jews and officials, as well as guests from the surrounding nations at my table. Each day, one ox, six choice sheep, and some fowl were prepared for me. An abundance of all kinds of wine was provided, 
every ten days, but I didn't demand the food allotted to the governor, because the burden on the people was so heavy. Remember me favorably, my God, for all that I have done for this people. Now let's turn to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. Dispute in Antioch. Some men came down from Judea and began to teach the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom prescribed by Moses, you cannot be saved. After Paul and Barnabas had engaged them in serious argument and debate, Paul and Barnabas and some others were appointed to go up to the apostles and elders in Jerusalem about this issue. When they had been sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of Gentiles, and they brought great joy to all the brothers and sisters. When they arrived at Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church, the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. The Jerusalem Council The apostles and the elders gathered to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers and sisters, you are aware that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the gospel message and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now then, why are you testing God by putting a yoke in the disciples' necks that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way they are. The whole assembly became silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul describe all the signs and wonders God has done through them among the Gentiles. After they stopped speaking, James responded, Brothers and sisters, listen to me. Simeon has reported how God first intervened to take from the Gentiles a people for his name. And the words of the prophets agree with this. As it is written, After these things I will return, and rebuild David's fallen tent. I will rebuild its ruins, and set it up again, so the rest of humanity may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, declares the Lord who makes these things known from long ago. Therefore in my judgment we should not cause difficulties for those among the Gentiles who turn to God. But instead we should write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from eating anything that has been strangled, and from blood. For since ancient times, Moses has had those who proclaim him in every city, and every Sabbath day he is read aloud in the synagogues. The Letter to the Gentile Believers 
when the apostles and the elders with the whole church decided to select men who were among them and to send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Judas called Barnabas and Silas, both leading men among the brothers. They wrote, From the apostles and the elders, your brothers, to the brothers and sisters among the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, Greetings, since we have heard that some without our authorization went out from us and troubled you with their words and unsettled your hearts, we have unanonymously decided to select men and send them to you along with our dearly loved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we have sent Judas and Silas, who will personally report the same things by word of mouth. For it was the Holy Spirit's decision, and ours, not to place further burdens on you beyond these requirements, that you abstain from food offered to idols, from blood, from eating anything that has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. You will do well if you keep yourselves from these things. Farewell. The Outcome of the Jerusalem Letter So they were sent off and went down to Antioch, and after gathering the assembly, they delivered the letter. When they read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. Both Judas and Silas, who were also prophets themselves, encouraged the brothers and sisters and strengthened them with a long message. After spending some time there, they were sent back in peace by the brothers and sisters to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas, along with many others, remained in Antioch teaching and proclaiming the word of the Lord. Paul and Barnabas part company. After some time had passed, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit the brothers and sisters in every town where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take along this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia, and had not gone on with them to the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed off to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, after being being commended by the brothers and sisters to the grace of the Lord. He traveled through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. (music) 